looked at the woman. Jehovah looked at the woman. He looked up to the sky. Looked up to the sky. Said, woman, you sound foolish. Woman, you sound foolish. with our hands and love the Lord together and I praise you Jesus Christ and I worship you oh Lord God Almighty I thank you for this wonderful truth dear Lord this great and beautiful message from heaven I thank you dear God Almighty thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus and everybody said praise the Lord have a Bible this morning. We're going to take a look at God's Word. I'd like to turn your attention to the Gospel account from John, chapter 3. Very happy for each and every one of you that are here today. You're welcome here. And we want you to look with us at God's Word this morning. John, chapter 3. The Bible said right here in this beautiful book known as the Bible, in John chapter 3, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter in to the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say 
unto thee, ye must be born again. Verse 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. In Revelation chapter 22, which is the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, the 66th book, Revelation chapter 22 and verse 1, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding or flowing out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. I want to just simply minister this morning on resist not the flow. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. The Bible does teach that in these days in which you and I are living, that the house of God would be established in the top of the mountains. It is not God's intention for His church to be beneath or below. It is not His intention for His church to be in the hinder part, but it's His intention that this church, this body of Christ, that's made up of people who do not resist the flow. As it said, the house of the Lord would be established in the top of the mountains and that people would flow to it. People would flow to it. Would not be a people. The church is not made up of people who are resisting the Spirit of the Lord. On quite the contrary, the church, the body of Christ, is made up of people who have gotten into the flow and they have worked with the Spirit of the Lord. Now here we come to a, a very familiar passage of Scripture to some of us and maybe not to all of us. But in this third chapter of the book of John, Jesus has come in the flesh. The flesh was produced by the spoken word of the Spirit over a willing vessel by the name of Mary, and she brings forth this babe. In this flesh or this babe or this son or the lamb, dwells the fullness of the very God bodily. God has come in the flesh. He is demonstrating clearly His intentions in the flesh. He stooped down to our level, if you please. He reduced it down to the lowest terms, for it's written that He was not an angel, but that He was made a little lower than the angels that he would become a high priest that could be touched with the feelings of our weaknesses and our shortcomings and our difficulties and struggles. That's the kind of high priest he became. The Bible teaches that in the days of his earthly ministry, when he was referred to as the Son of the Spirit, that he went about and he mingled with people. He got in and among them, and he went to their cities and their towns and their houses. And he brought the truth to them. He brought the message to them. He brought the power of God to them in the flesh. He brought it on a level, reduced down to where they could understand it. 
where they could feel it and touch it and experience it. And so there were many, of course, that went out of his presence that were blind that now they're not blind. There were many that were leprous or cancerous, and now they're not that way. There were many that went out from his presence when they were filled with evil spirits, and they went out released from those evil spirits. Those demons or devils were casted out. And one young man that the devil would take and throw him into the fire. You know, the enemy wants to throw you into the fire right here, right now, so he can get you used to it because he wants you to spend all of eternity with him, world without end, in that lake of fire. He wants you to continually have to live in torment and pain and misery and regret, both men and women, boys and girls. He wants to get you real acclimated to what it's going to used to, what it's going to be like to be with the enemy for all of eternity. And so he would take this young man, he would throw him in the fire. And the father of this young man came and besought Jesus and began to tell him how that this spirit would grab him and throw him into the fire. Get him all inflamed to where he would do things that he knew wasn't right to do. Got her to do things, if you please, that she knew she oughtn't to do. And just making life miserable. You know, it is not verbatim in the Bible, but it certainly teaches it that misery loves company. The devils, they know that they're doomed. They know that their day of reservation has been made where they will be cast into the lake of fire and there will be no getting out. There will be no probation. There will be no day when they'll see the light ever again, where they'll ever get to enjoy some form of freedom again. But they will be in darkness, the book teaches, reserved in chains in the midst of that darkness for all of eternity, separated from Jesus who is the light, separated from he who is good or who alone is good but one and that is God. So you better remember that when people try to tell you that there's a second and a third God. You better remember that it's only one good, that, and that's God. And if Jesus isn't God, then that means you're saying Jesus isn't good. And you know Jesus is good. You know Jesus is God if you believe that Bible. You know that he's the one true, wise, eternal spirit who robed himself in flesh to come and bring to you a salvation that belongs to him alone. Came to bring that to you, to share that with you, he did. And so upon a certain day, going in and among the people, trying to bring them the message and the understanding of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the Spirit. And your Bible teaches that here comes this man, John 3. Could be you. Doesn't matter the gender. Could be a man or a woman. You put yourself right there, a boy or a girl. And you come to Jesus, and many times you have questions. Many times there's things you do not understand. I understood nothing when the Lord began to deal with me. I had never read the Bible. I did not know the books of the Bible. I couldn't have quoted you Psalm 23, the Lord is my show. I did not know any of those things. But you know, Jesus came to everybody. He comes to every nation. 
He comes to every background, every language, every dialect, every race. As the country person said, every stuff. There's not anybody that he doesn't love. There's not anybody that he isn't reaching for. Because he so loved this world, he said, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and go down there and take care of business myself. I'm going to take upon me the form of human flesh, and I'm going to walk among them. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to witness to them, and I'm going to give my flesh as a sacrifice on the cross that they might be saved. Amen. And so this individual comes. He has questions. And he acknowledges. He said, the things you're doing, the things that are taking place, the lives that are being changed for the good, the all of these wonderful miracles, we, we realize, we recognize that this is, this is a, uh, an upgrade. This is a step above. This is not the norm. This is not natural. No, it's not. It's supernatural. It, it's of the Spirit, and that's what the man was saying. That's what the individual was saying. We, we've been talking among ourselves. Well, thank God when people will talk about righteous things among themselves. Get out of the gossip world. How about taking a big exit from the soap opera world and step into reality and say, I want to learn something about God. He's real. He's reality. I don't need the reality series of the television Hollywood people. I can have reality in the spirit. I want to get in the spiritual realm. I want to get in the flow of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to resist that. I don't want to resist that. So, it's a shame when people confuse fantasy and made up and choreographed things with reality. When they confuse pre-written scripts with reality. The Word of God is the living Word. It is reality. And it is going to help you to understand how not only things are right here and presently, but how things are going to be for all of eternity. So the questions that we bring, the things that confuse us and we don't understand. Jesus preempted this individual. He got ahead of his thinking really quick like because all the man basically said was we recognize that, that the Spirit is operating here, that the Spirit of the Lord is operating here. He didn't know who he was talking to. He was just used to it by, by history that this is just another one of the prophets. That's why Jesus said to his close-in trainees, he said, whom do men say that I am? And they said, well, uh, one raised his hand. He said, well, some say you're Elias. The other one says, hey, one of them said you're, you're what, Jeremiah. The other one said, well, one of them said you're just one of the old prophets risen up. I'm sure he didn't like that one. And, uh, and then, and then reality stepped up on the podium. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke through Peter. And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's who you are. And Jesus identified and recognized that, and he said, Oh, blessed art thou. Happy to be envied are you. 
because you're not just fooling around with religion here and you're not listening to all the also rants and all the street gossip and all the garbage that's going on out there and they got all the wires crossed up and everything mixed up and they think for their much speaking that something's going to happen when in reality Jesus said you set aside what's of God and hold to your own thing and he said you're going to find out that you're going to be left out with your confusion. You want to get in the flow that's going to bring you to the top of things and I'll open your understanding to it and you can be a part of my kingdom. You can be in the body of Christ, the church, the church that Jesus started, the one that he's the founder of. Everybody said praise the Lord. And so Jesus just got ahead of his thinking when he said, well, this couldn't happen except to be of God. Jesus answered and said, well, truly, truly, or verily, verily, he said, I'm telling you, you must be born again. And, of course, this brought the question, how does that happen? How does that take place? Well, you know, that's not a bad question. And, you know, it's okay not to know. That's not a form of resistance. A form of resistance is when you continue in your ignorance, meaning your lack of knowledge, when you refuse to learn. You do not want to resist the truth, as it is written of some, they do always resist the truth. And even said, even as your forefathers did. We do not want to continue in the mistakes of those before us. We're not dissing them. We're not going to put them down. But you've got to be honest with some folks that have shown us how not to do it. Jesus came to show us how to do it. Jesus launched a church. He birthed a church and launched that church and showed them and told them to go show others how to do it correctly. He said, you must be born again of water and of the Spirit. And the man is like, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do I do what? Well, I got a question here. How does that happen? That's because we so often think naturally. Of course we do. But remember, your Bible said the natural person receives not the things of God. The carnal person, in other words, the carnal-minded, the natural-minded, looking at everything through a natural. It's like when Jesus Christ does a beautiful miracle through the church and he heals somebody of cancer. There are those that have a natural carnal. How could that be? I don't believe that. You know? And then, of course, we have to have those that want to come up with, well, the reason that we're all here is because there was a big bang one day, a big explosion. And out of all of that helter-skelter confusion of that explosion, here I am. Now what you want to get is we do not ever want to educate or legislate or any other way get got, put God out of the picture. If we're going to peacefully coexist with certain things and ideas. It's going to have to acknowledge that He is God and He alone and His name is Jesus Christ. And that's where the rub is at. Because you're living in a world that is increasingly being educated by the lowercase g of this world, the God of this world, Satan, and he is bringing shaping minds and going to bring them together to be against the one true God. And that's what he lives for. That's his mission. He wants to rule you. and He wants to rule everything around you. And he has no good motive 
matter how he paints the billboard, no matter how he tries to gussy it up and pretty it up, he has no intention of doing anything good on your li- in your life. I was telling a lawyer the other day, we were discussing a little church business, and I said, uh, I told the lawyer, the, because of the point that the lawyer brought up, I said, well, it's like this. I said, it's like the cowboy that was riding his horse in a blizzard, and uh, you couldn't see. It was dark night, and he was out there riding, and no place around, nothing, not even a McDonald's, nothing around. No golden arches whatsoever. And so he's riding. He's got his coat and his jacket. Riding the horse. Trying to stay warm. He comes in the moonlight, in the path, sees a snake. And the snake says, Oh, cowboy, take me in. Wrap me up in that sheepskin coat you got. I'm cold. I'm freezing out here, man. Come on, take me. Cowboy goes, ain't no way I'm taking you in, man. You're a snake. You got fangs. Uh-uh. I ain't taking you in. Come on. Help a brother. I'm cold out here. I'm shivering. I'm going to die. Come on, take me in, cowboy. This went back and forth for a little while, but you know what happened? See, we, we often resist the good, and we don't resist the evil. We often hang around with the one we shouldn't hang around with who really hates us (laughs) instead of staying close to the ones who really genuinely love us. And we we lose recognition. We don't recognize the difference. We lose discernment. And so that old snake, he kept on until finally the cowboy wore the cowboy down. Well, of course, the cowboy keep talking and listening to him. You're going to get wore down. You know, you got to learn to move on. But, uh, you know, that, you see, there's that, the spirit in us that lusteth, the strong desire, that old flesh, that carnality. He kept talking to the snake and let the snake keep talking to him. And pretty soon the cowboy said, all right, come on up. The snake slithered right up there into his jacket, nestled himself in there because that old snake said, I will not bite you. I won't hurt you. I'm just cold. Come on, man. He got up in there, and he got real nestled, got real comfortable. And they rode just a little ways down the road, just enough for the cowboy to really relax his guard. Right that bit right in the juggler. Oh, yeah. And the astonishment on the cowboy's face as he cried out, You said you wouldn't do that! You said you wouldn't bite me! You wouldn't hurt me! He said, Yeah. He said, But you knew I was a snake when you took me in. Well, you better know what's around you. You better know the spirit of a thing. This man said, we know the spirit of what's going on here. That's the spirit of God, and there's no doubt about it. You better know the difference between God and the devil. You better discern the difference between right and wrong and good and evil, truth and falsehood deception. And you can. You can all you got to do is get in the flow. You got to flow with the Spirit. You got to flow with God's presence. And because He's reaching out for everybody, He loves everybody. Everybody. You notice that Jesus, when He broke it down and put it into simple form, 
and I, I'm reminded of a girl that's going to be 18 years old, and she was staying with a somebody in the church, and and uh, a couple little kids, and they're at the dinner table, and and the 18 to be girl says, um, could, "Could you cut my chicken?" She said, "My mama always cut my chicken." And the woman looked at her and said, "I ain't your mama. You cut your own chicken." I'm trying to tell you something by that. No names there. I'm trying to help you to understand something. There's a time when you got to quit resisting the truth and you got to grow up a little bit and you got to get in the flow and you got to tell yourself, this is right and I need to do this. This is right and I need to quit acting so feeble and that I can't do anything. And that, you know, you got plenty of decision-making going on to go down and hang around the wrong crowd and get with the wrong people. Ain't trouble about doing that, do you? Well, you want to switch that around. And you want to realize that there's proceeding forth from God, a grace and a salvation. And he said to him, you must, there's no way around this, you must be born again. Off water, that means you must be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. In subject matter, that is what the Bible teaches. The church that Jesus Christ started and sent forth, they only baptized people in water in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the only way they did it. That's in your Bible. If you were baptized any other way, then you need to get in the flow. You need to quit resisting. Never mind about anybody before you other than biblical. Never mind anybody before you. And never mind what people have to say. Never mind the criticisms and the resistance that you run into with people. You tell yourself, I'm not going to resist the truth of that book. I'm going to submit myself to chapter and verse. I don't care if I'm 8 or 80. I'm going to be baptized correctly. I'm going to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I want his name in my heart. I want his blood washing me clean. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to miss it for anybody's tradition. For anybody else's resistance, I do not want to miss that. And he finished it up by saying, you must be born again of the Spirit. You must receive the gift that he has purchased for you on the cross, the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what you must do. That's what your Bible said you must do. Now you can look at me and say, Who's he to tell me what I got to do? Oh, wait a minute. It's him saying what we all got to do. Let's get it straight. Because, you know, the devil will just put a club right in your hand, and I'm just going to snatch the club right out. I'm not going to let him use that club to beat you over the head with. Okay? There is no excuse, and there shall be no excuse that will be accepted before the throne when he descends on that throne to judge the nations. You hear me? And they're going to be cast alive into the lake of fire for all of eternity. You say, how can somebody be alive in a burning lake? Oh, you're thinking natural again. You better get in the spiritual frame of mind. You better get in the flow. You better get out of that flesh and get into that spirit. You better mind the thing of the Spirit. Be after the Spirit. Chase after. Pursue the Spirit. Feel the Bible said. After the Spirit. God is the Spirit. And let Him get you to thinking like He thinks. 
He's the lawgiver. He's the creator. He's the author and finisher. He's the first and the last. And his name above every name is Jesus Christ. Everybody said, praise the Lord. So he just tells it to him straight. <clears throat> there are some people that will never tell it to people straight because they're afraid it's going to offend them. And so people never get told. People never get told. There are people right now that have not yet been told how to be saved. How? I'm talking biblically be saved. I'm not talking about man's denomination and man's little things that they put together. I'm not talking about that. I am talking to you about God's plan. And you learn God's plan free of prejudice free of bias, free of any man-made thinking. It is the Word of God in subject matter. It is the church that He birthed and sent forth, and this is what they brought. And that church is universal and continues to bring the same message to everybody everywhere. And when this gospel has been preached as a witness to all nations, then Jesus said, I'm coming back. Amen. And everybody said, praise the Lord. He's not coming back for the disobedient. He is not coming back in the first resurrection for people who have resisted his will and his word and his plan and his message. No, that's not what your Bible teaches. He's not coming back to catch them away out of here that have refused the flow of the Spirit. And that's why Jesus went on to say, don't you marvel don't be amazed. Don't be find yourself frozen and paralyzed in unbelief when I tell you you must be born again. You have to. He said that which is of the flesh is flesh. That's natural. You put the natural over there. Okay, set it aside. That's the natural way of thinking. And the natural mind is filled with unbelief. It's a carnal mind. And it is at enmity. It is an enemy of God. And the enemy that's in people gets furious, becomes enraged with madness when the church, Jesus through his church, does the miraculous things that only he can do. When he does the notable miracle that nobody can deny, and yet they try to deny it. Oh, friend, it's a glorious thing. Somebody else may not rejoice in it, but if you're the one that got healed, you're going to be rejoicing. If you're the one that somebody told me, they said, man, Wednesday night after the service, that preaching said, I, I was healed tonight. I, I'm not in pain anymore. That was just for me. You don't know what God does in a service, but you can get skipped over while somebody else will get it. If you resist it, you got to get in the flow. you got to cooperate. you got to work with what the God of heaven is doing. So the Bible made it very clear that Jesus said in verse 8, he said, the wind bloweth, or the wind blows and is blowing. Where it listeth. It has often been explained that where it listeth means where there's the least resistance. Where there's the least resistance. Now, if you're going to fold in your mind, let me show you how your mind looks. You ready? Some people, how their mind looks. They're resisting. I ain't, I ain't receiving that. Well, everything is shut down. Everything is shut down. 
But I have seen people with their minds like that. And I have seen all of a sudden something clicked. Their attitude changed. We had a missionary to Africa, and uh, they were online to go through customs. That's a lot of fun. And they were bringing equipment in because they were going to uh, film and video the, the crusade and, and use it as a, a great soul-winning tool to what God was doing in that particular country in the continent of Africa. And so while they were online, they noticed that the customs agent, more or less a policeman, that he was, uh, had a really hard spirit about him. He was just really treating people mean. And so there was a man standing behind the missionary, and he said, don't worry. He said, everything's going to be all right. He said, you're going to get through and all your equipment. And she thought, okay, good. It's nice to hear a kind word, especially when I'm looking at what I'm looking at. And so when she got up to the place and she said, this man went around her. Now, you know, your first instinct would be, hey, you're cutting on me. You're cutting in line. But she didn't do anything. She just hey, he went around. And she watched him as he went around the table in the booth and leaned over and said something in the guard's ear. And all of a sudden, the man's countenance changed completely. His mind went to the big old smile. How you doing? And she stepped up. And he said, how are you, ma'am? She said, well, I'm fine. He said, and you're here for a crusade and that stuff, equipment to film it. Oh, that's good. Here you go. Have a nice day. Have a good time. And on her way, she went. And she testified, and she said, I knew it was going to be a good year because I'd already brushed, brushed shoulders with an angel when he just kind of went by her, just kind of brushed her shoulder and just went around, nobody saying a word to him as he just whispered in that guard's ear and his whole countenance changed. Let me tell you, in a service, the Holy Ghost can take your resistance and turn it into a flowing attitude to where you will listen to what God is saying. The God of heaven and earth who has taken time to stoop down and reach to you. Just like the woman that was thrown at the feet of Jesus, God in the flesh, walking the earth in that time, in those days of his flesh, they threw her at his feet and said, she's been involved with adultery. She was caught in the very act. She did a terrible thing. And you know, the law says that we should stone her to death. What do you say, Master? First of all, he treated them. He wouldn't even dignify them with an answer. He just bent down and wrote in the ground a little bit. After a while, he said, uh, he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, um, he that's without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. And that you never seen, that you hadn't seen an exodus like that since, you know, the book of Exodus coming out of Egypt. All of a sudden, he's, everybody left from the oldest to the youngest. Out they went. That's where Louisiana crawfish came from. They all just backed up and went out. They were gone. And Jesus looked at the woman, and he said, Woman, hmm? Hmm? He said, where are those thine accusers? Oh, there's nobody here left here anymore but me and thee, Lord. And you better remember, it's always going to come down to you and him. And that don't mean me and Jesus got our own thing going. That's not what that means. <laughs> that means that you're going to have to give an account. 
All right? It's going to get read to you, and you're going to have to give an account. Unless, unless you get in the flow. Now, you don't want to meet them on the day of judgment and have to give an account. And you got no blood covering you. You've got no Holy Ghost in your heart. You've got no robe of righteousness. You don't have any of these things. You're just standing there naked before God and, and everything that you ever did. You're going to have to give an account for it. You did this, uh-huh. You did, uh-huh. You did this, uh-huh. Yeah, and I did that too, Lord. Uh-huh. You'll be coughing it up, sure enough, but it'll be too late then. You see, right now, the Bible said today is the day of salvation. That means this time period in which we are living. All the natural days, the 24-hour days within the big today is a time of salvation. We have an opportunity. You can get in the flow. You can get in the spirit. The wind, meaning the Holy Ghost wind, it goes where there's no resistance. It's going to the open heart. It's going to the one that says, come to me. Here am I. I want what you got. I'm tired of resisting. I'm tired of trying to show I'm some big somebody and doing my own thing and going my own way and making a mess out of everything, hurting myself and people that love me all around me. Uh-uh, Lord, I'm telling you what. Come on. I'm not going to resist your word. I'm rid and done of that. I am going to now get in the flow. Take me to the top of the mountain. Take me to where it's flowing right into your house. Take me, Lord, where the flow of your spirit is proceeding from your throne. Let me get right in the middle of that flow and let me have the Holy Ghost. I'm not here to resist you. I'm not here to fight you. I'm repenting of my unbelief and fill my heart with faith. Let me believe you, Lord. You can remain standing. Let's get in the flow. Let's get in the flow. Let's flow with God. Let's flow with His people. You know, when you get in His flow, there's the Bible teaches there's healing. Everything you have need of is going to be there. He's not going to leave one good thing out. People, the devil would like to convince you and persuade you that living for Him, living for God according to the truth, that you're going to have a miserable life an unhappy life and he's lying because he's the one that brings unhappiness he's the one that breaks hearts Jesus mends the broken heart Jesus gets people out of prison in their mind especially Jesus is the one that is absolutely offering you free of charge the greatest package anybody could ever have it's a package of salvation you repent we'll baptize you in Jesus name and he will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost he will do that for you he gave his life on the cross for you so he could do that for you, provide that for you. And there is a flow of his spirit that is proceeding forth. And you don't want to hop out of the way. You don't want to run away from that. You don't want to shut your ears and your eyes to that and shut down your mind. You don't want to do that. There's angels here this morning. Let them brush your shoulder and let them guide you towards what you have need of this morning. Don't resist this. Don't fight this. Don't let the enemy point out this and point out that and point out the other. He's just a liar. You get that change on the inside, in your heart, in your mind, where you think from, where you have your emotions. You get that change in there for the good, and you're going to see it differently. You know, one place in the, in the book of Second Chronicles, a young person became the ruler, and he, he had uh, people, of course, that were under him. And he sent them to do certain responsibilities. And one of them came running back and said, 
I found the book. He said, I, I found the book of the word of the Lord. And the young king got that book, and they began to, and they said, we got to do what the book says. We got to do what the book says. And he began to set things in order. And when he did, God began to bless. And God began to prosper. And God began to do so many things that the Bible said they called it heaps. It was so much abundance, they called it heaps. It was just heaps and heaps and heaps of the goodness and the provision of God in their lives. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Everybody said, Hallelujah. Let's take a look at this book and get in the flow of it. It'll wash you. It'll wash your heart. It'll wash your mind. And it will show unto you the way of God in a complete manner. Let's take a moment. Lift our heart with our hands, shall we, together? Thank you, dear Jesus. We love you, God. We need your help. You're a forgiving God, a kind and loving God, a merciful God. How great and merciful are thy ways, O Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Holy is our God. I love you, Jesus. Come on, let's get in the flow. Don't resist the flow of God's Spirit. It's going where there's no resistance. It's going where it finds people who are cooperating and welcoming. Hearts are lifted with their hands and saying, Come on, Jesus. There's nothing important in life compared to you. You're what's important, Jesus. You are what is important, my Lord. Come on now. All you have to do is talk to him from your heart. He's not looking for some fancy prayer. He's not looking for some long-winded words of prayer. He wants to hear from your heart. Have a heart-to-heart talk with Jesus. Just pour it out to him. Oh, Lord, I need you. Oh, Lord, I need your help. Oh, Lord, I need your strength. I need your great salvation, Lord. Come on and work in my life, Lord. For eternity. Help your children. Oh, yeah. No matter what country you're from. No matter what race you are. No matter what language or dialect you speak. Go from one trouble to another trouble. 